When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Deck maintenance isn't fun. Move the furniture and barbecue, sand and prep, paint, seal, or get a low-maintenance Trex deck. The only colour fade you'll have to deal with is watching the sunset. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Palmerbet on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight-up screamer! Download our app today and enjoy straight-up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same-game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. And it's panel time, one of my highlighted segments of the show, it's fair to say, and especially so today because our guests are of the highest calibre. Pat McKendry, New Zealand Herald columnist and expert uh, on things rugby in particular, uh, Jimmy Case, who I apologise, has already been on the show with Burnley and Oliver Kirby, um, but it's easy to be overshadowed by Burnley and Oliver Kirby. Uh, also, uh, he is the producer of Breakdown, uh, of radio fame himself. Uh, the first thing I'd like to know from both of you guys, Jim Case, first of all, would you share an Olympic gold medal if you came to that? I'd struggle. I think I'd really struggle. I mean, you know, to be a champion, you're a highly competitive person. And um, I think in the high jump, I would have backed myself to to go, well, let's put the bar up another little bit and have another crack, eh? Um, Yeah, I think I would have wanted it all for myself. I look forward to watching you do the high jump, pal, I'll tell you that. Um, And the the best (laughs) traditions of Mutas Issa Bashim and Gianmarco Tamberi uh, what did you make of that? And, and would you, if you had the opportunity, share a gold medal? Yeah, it, it was an interesting dynamic, though, wasn't it, Smithy? Because I think they were really good friends. And um, I, I actually didn't watch the competition, but I saw I saw their uh, their celebrations afterwards, and they were both just completely filled with joy, which was which was nice to see. Um, difficult ones. Um, I guess it would depend on on sort of how confident I was feeling at the time, how how well I was jumping. Uh, having absolutely no background whatsoever in high jump, um, I'm probably not qualified to comment. But look, uh, I, I know there's been a bit of a bit of a slight backlash um, against it, but I, I actually think it was quite a nice moment um, of them taking gold. You know, they're both Olympic champions, so yeah, I, I actually quite liked it. Yeah, I did too. Actually, I, I got to say, I watched the medal presentation too, and that uh, Gianmarco Tamberi, what a character he is. Uh, his performance of uh, the Italian national anthem was something to behold as well. Uh, Pat, let's stay on uh, the Olympic subject at the moment. Uh, if I ask you for your your best New Zealand performance thus far, would you, with your rugby background, be swayed towards uh, the sevens program and the, the women's sevens gold or something else? Yeah, uh, I would. Um, I was thinking a bit of a toss-up between Emma Twigg's uh, gold and the single skulls or the women's sevens gold and I'm just going to go on the side of the women's sevens because you know uh, what, a, what a campaign um, just the way they carried themselves um, you know they, they, they're a team that take their craft uh, extremely seriously but they're not ones to take themselves too seriously uh, I just think they got the balance right across the field and, and off the field as well and um, 
yeah, that, that's probably my favourite highlight if, if I'm going to put my uh, New Zealand fans hat on. Definitely. Uh, women's sevens. Okay, that's good. I, I don't mind that, Jimmy. Uh, how do you feel? Well, my highlights are going to come because Lisa Carrington's going to win three gold medals. But for me, Emma Twig, I mean, ninth, I think it was ninth, sixth, and then fourth, and then, and then retired and then came back and uh, all of the drama that goes on with that and, and such a dominant performance. Uh, and very close on the heels would be the men's eight because, uh, you know, I think as a country we were hoping that they might get a bronze or something like that. Uh, but for them to come through in, in waters and rowing the Blue Ribbon event uh, was just fantastic. So, uh, yeah, I really enjoyed those two two gold medals. And look, the, the women's sevens was fantastic as well. I'm not taking anything away from that, but I just love the backstory to uh, particularly to Emma Twig. Jimmy, uh, let's turn to rugby now. And uh, Rusty Erasmus uh, showed us a different side of the man uh, that I have been dealing with over the years. I'll be perfectly honest. Uh, normally, refereeing performances uh, can be judged by people in the media. But when you're close to the team uh, and around the team, generally they're a bit taboo to go that public uh, to make a comment or two. But 62 minutes worth of analysis? What is, what is with Rusty on this? I've lost a lot of respect for him, to be honest, Smithy. Uh, you know, I don't think it's a place that a coach should have gone in that regard. Uh, I think he's sort of made himself look to be a bit of a whinger and, and a bit of a, not a buffoon, but something close to that. You know, like, I just think you don't need to do that. And, and equally, I think their media has just gone nuts over there. You know, some of the stuff that's come out and some of the stuff that's on social media is just ridiculous. I mean, we were we were criticised here in New Zealand for the way that we reacted to Wayne Barnes in 2007 and also the way that we reacted, I guess, in 2017 and that Lions draw in the, in the third test. But, man, we are kids compared to what's been going on over there. The, the, this is it's just ridiculous. Some of the vitriol and some of the opinions and some of the lopsided, skewed, one-eyed sort of viewing of test matches has been awful. And, and equally, how bad has the rugby been? You know, those two test matches are not an advertisement for getting people along to the game. So big black mark for me with Rasi, big black mark for me with the, with the South African media and the standard, or not the standard, the, the style of rugby, turgid, boring and off-putting. Well, if he was there to upset the, the referee coming up in the next game, who incidentally was our own, Ben O'Keefe, I thought did a pretty damn good job actually. If was Could there possibly been... A really extreme method in his madness, Pat, about the, the way he went about it? Yeah, I, I see that uh, there's been a bit of comment about how it was a bit of a, a masterclass in mind games because it took pressure off his team during the week, Rassi. Um, but I, I think it was just completely over the top um, I, I, and completely unnecessary. I think it put a lot of pressure on the officials and I agree with you, Smithy. Ben O'Keefe did a fantastic job of refereeing that game, um, but it's just you know, the, the, I mean the Lions Lions series are, are big, aren't they? But um, mm. this has just gone a little bit crazy. This this series in South Africa, I don't know what it is, um, but that that uh, sixty-two minute analysis of um, you know or, or critique of the officials against his own side, uh, nothing nothing you know the other way, uh, it sort of led into a, a, a mean spirited sort of a joyless game of rugby, didn't it? Um, you know, there was niggle. Um, um, I, I agree with Jim. The rugby was turgid and, and, and horrible to watch. There was too much kicking. 
Um, yes, the box uh, deserved to win it. They scored two tries to nil, but it was just um, an, an unnecessary build-up. Uh, and I don't know where they go from here in terms of in terms of the rugby or, or the sanctions for Rassi because World Rugby is investigating it, which is good. Um, I, I just think that uh, you know, hopefully this week will be. Um, a, a little bit of a different atmosphere during the week and also uh, uh, hopefully a, a slightly more ambitious match in terms of attacking intent from both sides. 10.33 here on SENZ. Uh, fellas, uh, Pat McKendry and Jimmy Case. Fellas, I, I have a theory, uh, Pat, maybe uh, you first on this, is that they're going a bit stir-crazy in Cape Town because originally, of course, uh, this was a tour uh, and they were going to have different test match venues, and a lot of touring, uh, you know, you get to break away from, of you know, this close nature of what's actually going on in this series now, uh, and, and you tend to absorb other things on a tour. Uh, they are now stir-crazy, and there's nowhere else to look but within at yourself and the opposition, and they're just coming up with some crazy stuff, aren't they? Yeah, I agree 100%, um, Smithy. Um, you know, I, I think part of the blame as well, we've, we've gone pretty hard against the box and their coach, Rassi Erasmus, or director of rugby, but I think part of the blame has to, to sit with Warren Gatland as well, the Lions coach. You know, um, back in 2017, when the Lions were here in New Zealand, um, he, he appeared fairly thin-skinned, really sensitive to any perceived criticism, um, you know, a, a touch paranoid at times even. So I think all if you throw all of that into the mix... It's um, it's become a, a, a quite a bizarre series, and you've got to say it's not great for rugby. Um, probably uh, it's probably a good thing that the Olympics are going on at the moment, and especially with with, uh, with the sevens and the absolutely fantastic rugby that's been played there and in Tokyo, sort of taken um, a little bit of the attention away. But um, yeah, as I say, bizarre, and uh, I hope things improve pretty quickly. To be honest. Uh, Jimmy, let's look at ahead, shall we, at uh, something that we hope will be uh, a lot better for rugby, both uh, on and off the field. Uh, and that's uh, the upcoming test matches, hopefully, uh, between the All Blacks and the Wallabies. Wallabies uh, firmly ensconced into Auckland under their uh, economic uh, exemption, uh, which is in itself quite interesting. Uh, All Blacks selection time. Um, what are we looking at here? We've had these three test matches. Two against Fiji had a bit of substance about them indeed. Uh, but what are we looking at in terms of surprises in these these niggly little areas like number ten, like number fifteen, like the makeup of your back three? Yeah, it's a really it's really interesting. Is I've written down. I guess it's a combination, fellas, of who I think and who I hope they will pick. Uh, and I've got Geordie at fullback, and I've got Sevi Roos and. Rico Ioane on the wings. I, I still think Rico Ioane is a better wing than he is a centre. And if Anton Leonard Brown is fit with David Harvelli, then I'd go with those two in, in the midfield. So, so there's that. And then I think Richie Moanga to start. And there's a couple of reasons for that. He's in form. We know that. And in basketball, you, you, you talk about feeding the hot hand. Whoever's shooting well, you give him the ball. And it's the same, I think, with Richie Moanga at the moment. And Bowden Barrett is, is a proven impact player off the bench. And they crank on about how it's a 23-man game. If that's the case, have some courage and play Bowden Barrett off the bench and change the game when he comes on. So that would, that's the sort of back line that I'd be looking at. Halfbacks, that's a tricky one, isn't it? I mean, no, it's not. Uh, Aaron Smith. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, yeah, I think it's a bit of a given. Uh, 
Uh, that's an interesting <laughs> one, Pat, actually, because, yeah, but we remember back, it seems so long ago, to 2015, where Bowden Barrett, off the bench in that World Cup, was the difference, um, even in the final, uh, with what he was able to achieve in that short yeah. space of time. So where where are you sitting with, uh, with that back line? Yeah, it's disappointing because I kind of agree with Jim. Um, I think uh, <laughs> <all> right, <laughs> I think uh, Mwanga at, at ten. Um, that's for me a no-brainer. Uh, but I would have firstly we'll get into fullback. I'd have Damien McKenzie there. Uh, I think he's the form fullback in New Zealand. Uh, he played really well in that uh, initial Test series. Uh, in July, and I think uh, he's matured greatly. I think he um, his decision making's improved a lot, and I think Ian Foster was pretty happy with his form too. So I, I think start McKenzie at fullback and um, have Bowden Barrett on the bench. Um, you know, it, it, it's an area where look, there's a sort of a perceived wisdom, isn't there, that um, Foster won't start both Moanga and Barrett anymore, uh, Bowden Barrett. So um, that, that leaves one of them on the bench, and I think it has to be Bowden Barrett because. Uh, he is a great impact player. He's proven that time and again, and, it, and it's something that the All Blacks have lacked a little bit uh, in the recent past, having that dynamism off the bench um, to up the pace of a game and, and potentially change it. Nary a mention of Will Jordan between you, so we'll uh, just leave that one for the moment. Uh, <coughs> just uh, finally, yeah, fellas, just finally, yeah, just finally, um, a quick tribute. It's tribute time, 100 test matches to... Aaron Smith, Pat McKendry, you've followed his career from go to woe, the up uh, side, the downside, the ins, the outs, etc. Um, yeah. This is an amazing achievement for anyone to play 100 test matches, but he's a resilient little man, yeah. isn't he? He certainly is. Yeah, made his debut back in 2012, and he's come a long way since then. Um, I think Steve Hansen took a bit of a punt on him, and he's, gosh, he's repaid him, isn't he? Uh, and, and the country and the team itself. Um, just just a, a, an ultimate professional um, who has just somehow kept improving um, over the last sort of nine years or so. Just, um, yeah, I mean, I, I still think he's the best in the world. I, th- I think he's better than um, the Frenchman, Toupon, to be honest. Um, and, uh, yeah, what, what an achievement. He has had his ups and downs, um, fairly well-publicised ones over the, over the past uh, few years, but um, he's bounced back. Uh, and he's developed. He's a he's a family man now, so I think that's been good for him. So um, yeah, well done to Aaron Smith. Thoroughly deserved milestone uh, coming up. Yes, Jimmy, it's going to be a, a special night, uh, Saturday night. The game itself, of course, but uh, they'll they'll give him. I, I would imagine they'll give him the right kind of celebration. The All Blacks, uh, and I, I can't see the Wallabies upsetting them and breaking that Eden Park hoodoo, but. Either way, either way, for Aaron Smith, what does it mean uh, from your point of view? So we've got um, we've got a, a little segment to the breakdown at the moment on um, on Sky where we're picking the greatest All Blacks fifteen, and I'll just read you mm. this from Laurie Maines when I interviewed Laurie Maines. He says about Aaron Smith, I'll put it this way: you give me one part of his game that isn't up there as a great All Black. He has all the skills, all the halfback traits, passing brilliantly, passes quickly, communicates with his forwards well takes gaps when it's on, knows when to run, when to pass, how to kick, where to kick. He may not be the, be the most brilliant player you'll see, but we have never seen a better halfback in an all-black shirt. And I agree entirely with Laurie Mays, and that's about as unusual as Patrick agreeing with me. Uh, I think he's <laughs> the best halfback we've ever, we've ever seen 
and he will celebrate that on Saturday with that 100. It's he, he's a he's an incredible halfback, just incredible. Um, I'll tell you another little thing if I can. So last year against Argentina in the game that they've lost, Wayne Smith uh, pointed out to me that when one of the Argentinians scored a try, Aaron Smith had missed a tackle on him earlier, and uh, he chased the dude all the way down the field that he missed the tackle on, made the tackle, and then Argentina went on to score the try. But, you know, he said that's the sort of thing that makes a great All Black, is that I've made a mistake, I'm going to fix it. And he ran 40 metres to make the tackle. I just think he, yes, he's had those well-publicised sort of mistakes and, and all that sort of stuff, but I think he's come through it all a much better person. And, boy, he's one heck of a rugby player. Uh, thank you to Jim Kays this morning, Pat McKendry, for your thoughts. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.